Well, good morning, church. Are you happy to be here today? Happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody, and we give honor to the men and women who have given their lives that we could be here today. Thank you to all of them. And if you're at church on Memorial Day weekend, again, you're going straight to heaven. Do not pass go, just go straight to heaven. We want to welcome everybody who's joining us online today. We welcome you wherever you are. Some of you are on the lake. Some of you are at the beach. Some of you are not saved anymore, but we love you. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Uh, do me a favor and welcome all of our VIPs today. If you're first time with us, we want to ask you to do us a favor. If this is your first time, or maybe your first time in a while, you're what we consider a VIP. We would love for you to take a moment and fill out that connection card in the seat back in front of you. You're only going to receive one letter from us, and that's it. We're not going to bother you. We're not selling your information. Drop that in the giving container on the way out of the room, and we donate $5 in your honor to the Mississippi Food Network. And since we've been doing this for the last few months, we've now been able to provide 8,868 meals all over the state of Mississippi. So thank you very much, church. I want to let you know, too, that we are really excited and prayerful what God is going to do on June the 12th for our forward offering. Now, I want you to know something. You, it is available now to begin giving. If you want to give online, just there's a forward option. If you want to start giving, people are already starting to give to this. And so I can just explain it to you. You can also put it at the bottom of your check forward, but just so I can explain to you for a minute, we've briefly touched on it the last few weeks, but just so you're reminded that we have received an opportunity from our bank to be forgiven a million and a half dollars if we come up with a million dollars by June the 30th. That's a miracle. Somebody say yes. The good news is we have paid $500,000 of it already. And we're believing by June 30th, we're going to have the, other, the rest of that money in one month. I'm believing it's all coming in, and we're already seeing the blessing of God, and people praying together, and husbands and wives, and teenagers asking God, what would you have us to give? And that's all we ask you to do, is that you go home with your spouse, and your husband, or your wife, or your family, or even if you're single, we want you to just pray. Maybe you're a business owner, whatever it is, ask God what he would have you to give, and we believe that God is going to do something supernatural in the next month at Vibrant Church. Can I get an Amen. Today is the uh, final installment of our Mind Games series, and it has been one of my favorite series so far of just hearing so many reports back from people who have been fed and touched and, and challenged. And if you remember, all these are on YouTube, by the way, but if you remember week one, we talked about think about what you think about. We talked about Cheerios and, and, and Fruit Loops that weekend. You have to go back to figure out, because I can't even remember what I said. Week number two, we talked about the power of talking to yourself. Week number three, we talked about don't throw in the towel, cast out the net. Week number four, Pastor Josiah preached on to get, getting out of the, the wine press. I'm thankful that he preached last week. I was in Ohio uh, preaching for my pastor, and I'm back home, back home, back home. We bought a house this week. So we're home. I'm never moving again. <laughs> that was our 10th time moving in 10 years of marriage. 
Our kids think we sell drugs. <laughs> and this week, the final week, week number five, we're <laughs> week number five, we're going to talk about something I think everybody struggles with, and I want to talk about it really practical today. I want to talk about temptation. Everybody say temptation. All temptation, all temptation starts in the mind. The temptation to be prideful, the temptation to overeat, the temptation to gossip, the temptation to look twice, the temptation to lie, to be jealous, to be angry, to be selfish. Am I talking to anybody? Is there anybody that's in the room that knows what it's like to deal with temptation? My first point for you today is simply this. Everyone is tempted. Temptation, according to the Word of God, is man's oldest problem. All the way from the beginning of time, we see very early the deception and the deceit and the temptation presented to Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 3. Every man, every woman, every child, every business owner, every pastor, every cameraman, every, every person in students and kids and everybody everywhere struggles with temptation because we are all human. First Corinthians chapter 10, 13 says the temptation in your life, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. So I start here because many people think that they are not a genuine, authentic, real Christian if they struggle with temptation. Now I want you to understand something. Temptation itself is not sin. Sin is sin. We're quiet today. I like it. It is possible to experience temptations to sin and still be blameless from those sins. The Bible says that when we walk in the spirit, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. It does not say that you will not feel the lusts of the flesh. It says you will not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. Everyone, everywhere, every Christian, every, every person that you know or that you respect struggle with temptation. The next point I need you to understand is this. Temptation is to be taken seriously. Though everybody experiences it, we are all to take temptation seriously. Even though it's common to everyone, and just because you see everyone driving a car, this is what I was thinking about this morning, you see everyone driving a car, it's not every day you see an accident, but there are still accidents every day. It may not be on the road you're driving, so let me tell you something, you always wear your seatbelt, right? You always check your blind spots, you always check, your, you always check lanes, you always use your signal, you always, you're supposed to, Columbus, Mississippi, slow down at a yellow light. It does not apply here. I found that out day number one. And now I'm joining the rest of you. <laughs> what we're talking about literally leads to life and death. Just because you haven't seen an accident or been in an accident doesn't mean you don't wear your seatbelt. Doesn't mean that you don't check the mirrors. Doesn't mean you don't check blind spots. 
there is great potential in being harmed when we give in to temptation. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy is to downplay the seriousness of temptation and sin. Let me show you something James chapter 1 says. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So let me help you first off. I've heard people say things like, God tempted me. I've been tempted to do this. Let me, the scripture just let us know. God didn't tempt you with sin. God tests us, but God does not tempt us. Trials and tests can come from God to strengthen our character, but temptation comes from the enemy to pull us down. Let's think of it like this. God sends tests to develop us. Satan sends temptation to make us downfall. Are you helping me? Are you, are you with me? So, so here's the idea. The scripture lets us know that this temptation that you're experiencing is not coming from God. Are we clear on that? He then says, the temptations you're experiencing, can you guys put that verse back up for me for just a moment? Verse 14, temptation comes from our, our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Our own desires entice us and drags us away. Imagine with me going fishing. Now, there are different kinds of bait I hear that fishermen use to catch different kinds of fish. So there are different kinds of bait to catch different kinds of fish. Can I tell you something? The enemy knows the bait that you struggle with. And the same bait you struggle with ain't the same bait I struggle with. And the things the devil drops in front of you in the water that bobs around in front of you will be particularly designed for you. It is your own, it is your own desire. It is what you like. It is what you, it's what gets your attention. It's what makes you look a second time. It's what gets your, you, your, your focus. It, it, gets your attention, it entices you, and the next thing the Bible says, it drags us away. Now listen, we are tempted by weaknesses. We often hear that. I would say this, we're not only tempted by weaknesses, you're tempted by your strengths. If you're really good with people, it's a strength. You could use that and manipulate people. You could be really good with money, and that's a strength, but you can also be stealing it. It's not just your weaknesses that the enemy uses. He also uses our strengths. We can misuse our strengths. We could cheat people and steal from people and lie to people. We don't oftentimes, this verse says that when sin, it entices us, it drags us away. Well, the scripture is letting us know is that we don't often see the end of the road when we start on it with temptation. The Bible says it gives birth 
it grows, and then it dies. Temptation is to be taken seriously, everybody. Sin. It's not a famous word. It doesn't grow a church. It doesn't get you followers. People don't like to hear it. We're living in a culture where everybody makes mistakes and nobody sins. Living in a culture where that offends me rather than that convicts me. Am I talking to anybody? I think I want to pastor a church that doesn't like quit when somebody is reminding us that we are sinners. We have to build a tolerance up and understanding that we are born in sin and shapen in iniquity and some things that are, that are applauded in culture are still sin in the word of God. Temptation and sin are to be taken seriously. Can we put the verse back up one more time? James, I want to read it to you nice and slow. Remember, when you are being tempted, do not say, God is tempting me. God has never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from your own desires, which entices and drag us away. The Amplified Version says when sin has run its course, when you let things, when you just downplay the seriousness of what we're talking about today, temptation is to be taken seriously. Now, what is temptation? This is very simple today. I hope this helps you. Temptation is presentation. Temptation is a, and comes as a presentation. So now look in the Bible, Genesis chapter three, when the Bible says that the serpent comes and deceives Eve to eat this fruit, notice he presents it. He doesn't force her. He doesn't intimidate her. He doesn't, the, notice the enemy doesn't come as a woolly mammoth or a tiger with like a saber tooth tiger. He comes as a snake, something slithering and whispering and deceptive. The Bible says the snake is the most subtle thing and it was just smooth and just easygoing and presents so, so innocently that if you eat this fruit, you won't die. Just presents this opportunity, if you will. I want you, we're talking about mind games today. I'll need you to just think about this for a moment. In the year 2020, there was about 306 billion emails that were sent and received every single day, and that is expected to increase more and more to 376 billion emails in the next couple of years. Your mind, think of it like this, is like an inbox for your email. So, so here we go. I got an image to help you out for a moment. That's your mind right there. You are getting these emails coming in to your mind, you receive this message in your inbox and you have a choice to open that email and to engage with it. You don't have to open that. So listen, you got an email today from Pride. Stop wasting your time. Six areas of service that you're too good for. Somebody on the staff must have put that in wanting volunteers. That's probably what I'm thinking. <laughs> Gluttony. Treat yourself. Don't be too hard on yourself. Too much of a good thing never hurt anybody. Envy. 
That promotion should have been yours. You went to college for this, and yet they gave it to someone who barely made it through high school. What what do they have that you don't? Here's lust. You up? Hundreds of hot singles in your area, Columbus. (laughs) Starkville, Vernon, but mainly Columbus. Here's the next one. Greed, you get an email from greed, pops in your head, watch this. Five simple tricks to destroy the competition. Make thousands of dollars on your investment. Now's the time, no matter the cost. Here's another one, a fellow quitter. Take a break, let's be honest. You didn't think you'd make it this far. We both know you don't have much more to give, so why waste everyone's time? Here's another one, gossip. Have you heard about Alfred? What a name, by the way. (laughs) The guy's a robot, an actual robot who needs to recharge his batteries. Here's another one, judgment. The truth of the matter is plain and simple, black and white. Why can't they see that? If they would just act the right way, things would just be so much easier. All of these emails coming in your inbox And you have to understand, if you open that email, you have to ask yourself, where's this going to take me if I open this? Where's this going to lead me if I allow these thoughts to come into my mind? Here's the good news. Well, listen to me. You don't have to open the emails. Here's the bad news. You can't unsubscribe from them. You do not have to open them. You can delete them while they are, because you cannot control what just pops in your mind, by the way. Doesn't matter how much you read your Bible, doesn't matter how much you love God, there's just gonna be days things pop into your head, but we are not obligated by the power of the Holy Spirit in your life to open up trains of thought that can take you down a road of self-destruction, of relational damage, How do I delete these thoughts? How do I deal with these? How do I deal with these emails that come into my mind? I'm glad you asked. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. God is faithful. Someone say yes. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. That, my dear brothers and sisters, is some good news. You can never say, the devil made me do it. You can never say it was too much for me to bear. The word of God is telling us straight up that it is not too much that you cannot bear it. It's like when they built this building. If you look, there's an exit sign over there, a red exit sign. There's a red exit sign over there. There's two in the back. There are things called codes and permits that when you build a building, there's gotta be accessible exits that are easy to find and lights have to be shown. The scripture lets us know temptation, when it comes, comes with a way of escape. Temptation has codes and permits that in order for temptation to come into your inbox, there is a way to delete or escape. It's illegal if it doesn't. It cannot come to you, according to the word of God. It is not above, 
what you can handle, and there is always a way of escape. So I'm going to give you a couple of things, and some of these are really practical. I'm going to give you your exit doors today. Are you ready? These are your exit doors. Number one, if you're taking notes, this is my favorite one. I believe they're all important, but this one right here was huge revelation to me a few years ago. Number one, do not position yourself in a place of vulnerability. Let's just start there. This is preventative maintenance, if you will. David and Bathsheba, the Bible says in 2 Samuel, was to be away with the kings at war, but he was on his rooftop. He was a king. He was not where he was supposed to be. He looks out the window and sees fine sister Bathsheba taking a bath on the roof of her house, which is crazy, but she's out there. And the king notices her. Now notice something. I don't think it's wrong he noticed. I think it's wrong he looked a second time. You will not be able to stop noticing things, but it's when he went like this. All right, hear what I'm saying. You will always have something pop in your head. The problem is when you open that email, you're going to have to be careful. It could take you somewhere. And King David knows. He ends up opening the email, says, go ahead, bring Sister Bathsheba over to my rooftop. He got her pregnant. She was married. And then had her husband killed. And then the baby dies. And now he's weeping and almost lost the kingdom, all because he opened an email he should have deleted. Do not position yourself. I always thought it was about willpower. And the more willpower you have, the more Christian spiritual you are. But I am, I am learning to understand that it is not just willpower. It is also the ability to choose your environment. Is this practical enough for you? It is the ability to choose environments well, because willpower runs out, by the way. Energy runs out through the day. But if you pre-plan your environments, I'm going to tell you what, I, I'm going to tell you my own practical life here in a minute. Pre-plan your environments. A pastor told me, uh, I thought this was genius. I taught, taught this to the staff. A pastor told me that he knew of a woman who always had a fly swatter in her house and was always killing flies, always killing flies. And then realized one day that there was no screen in the windows. Isn't it funny how you could be killing flies all day, but never put a screen in the window to keep, from, keep flies from coming in? Here's the idea. If you don't have a, if you just put screens in the window, you won't have to kill as many flies. This is so simple. Every person in this room is responsible for keeping flies out by first putting screens in the windows. You have to do your part to put boundaries up in your life to keep temptation out of your inbox. Is this helping anybody? I feel like I'm helping somebody. I'm going to tell you about my wife and I. Number one, this is like, we don't have few rules because we can't keep up with everything. We just believe, you know, love God, love people. You know, seek ye first the kingdom of God. He'll take care of you. I believe that. But we have a couple rules. Number one, we never say the word divorce. That's a boundary. 
Just don't say it. It shouldn't be the first word out of our mouth. This should be the last thing in our mind. This is a covenant. This is something we decided and made promises to one another. We don't talk about it. There may be, well, there ain't nobody in my life and, and there's nobody in her life. We can drive each other up a tree, but we're in the same tree. <laughs> we're just on different branches. <laughs> but we put a boundary up. Another screen that we have in the window. We don't watch scary movies at our house. Everybody can do something different. But like I told you before, ain't nobody want to see a six-foot lanky guy running past light switches in the middle of the night. Can I be a little more real? I'm having fun a little bit. Another one, I don't like to buy cheese danishes. They cannot come to my house. And last time I told you that, I promised to God 45 of them showed up in my office, in my mailbox, in my house. Do not bring them to me in the name of Jesus. But for real, here, here's a real one. You want to know a real one? I do not meet with women alone ever. Never. I, I debated telling you some of this because I think some of you would be like, is she trying to hide something? No, no, I want you to listen to me. So Miss Lindsay, stand up, Miss Lindsay. This is, yeah, just do it, everybody. This is my wife and I's assistant, Lindsay Freeman. Just going to let you know something. Don't sit down, honey. Just stand up. I, I didn't pick my assistant. My wife did. When we were picking our assistant, we went to dinner with her and her husband. I've talked to her husband at length. Lindsay, have we ever met one-on-one? -on -one? Have we ever went to lunch together? Have we ever texted in the middle of the night? Have we ever, have I ever vented to you about Lena? Have you ever vented to me about Jason? You think Jason texts Lena and says, hey, I can't stand Lindsay. That'd almost be funny. Because hear me, people can say, well, Pastor Ethan, are you that are you that weak? No, I'm that careful. You can be sick. You got to be careful. Romans chapter 13. P put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh. Don't make concessions. Don't, if you got to delete it and hide it and make it a secret, you're making concessions. Got to be careful. Well, Pastor Ethan... Pastor, I don't know about all this. You sound like an old school legalist. Let me tell you something right now. The church has moved away from boundaries, and it has cost them dearly. And I'm, I'm not, I know I'm talking about me, but I'm using me as an example for you. I don't count the money here. I've never physically touched a dollar at this church. I don't go back there like, hey, everybody, what do you want? What do you want? How much for you? How much? I see reports. We make decisions. Why would I position myself in any way to handle things, make any provisions for my flesh? Here's what I want you to understand. Every one of you could be in connections and relationships and friendships and having opportunities that are pulling you down, and you're not putting screens up in your life. It's so easy to gossip with them, to be bitter with them. They're pulling you down. It's like, have you ever had a friend when you're on a diet wanting to take you to a buffet? That is not a friend. When you should be at home, I wrote this down because I felt like I was supposed to. When you should be at home putting your kids to bed, you're hanging out with your boys like you're 17, and now, baby, you're 35. Put some boundaries up. Be a man. Grow up. Put the Xbox away. Go to work. 
Ladies, look, it's all women clap. I can tell by the tone there. Well, P.E., I, I don't like this legalistic. and I just want you to hear me today. There's a lot of wisdom in setting up boundaries. There's a lot of wisdom in setting up boundaries around your life. Because, hear me today, temptation is coming. And if you don't put screens in the windows, you got to be careful. So I don't know what you do at your house. And sometimes you're going to have to be bold enough and say, I don't care what they do at her house or their house, but I know as for me and my house, we're going to put some screens up in the windows. Can I get an amen? Most bad choices we make are the result of poor positioning. It's like, have you ever played chess? I can't play chess, but I've seen people play chess. And it's a bunch of pieces that are moved and just this one over there, and this one over here, and this one over there, and they say, checkmate. Checkmate. Your opponent, the enemy, is repositioning his table to surround you to at some point say, checkmate. I got you. I got your marriage. I got your mind. I got your teenager. But somebody has to be bold again in the faith and say, you know what? At the end of the day, this is where we draw the line. It's okay, church. I know it may sound old school, but make up in your mind. There are some things. You ever looked at, you ever seen like an old fence and you wonder why was that old fence put there? is to keep something out or to keep something in from going out. Keeping something that's from the outside getting on the inside and keeping something that's on the inside from going on the outside. There, it is okay to put a fence up and say, okay, this is how things, if we're going to be followers of Christ, we are not going to position ourselves and sit there with a fly swatter for 20 years talking about, I don't know why she keeps texting me. I don't know why this won't stop. I know why, because you won't block her. I know why, because you won't cut it off. I know why, because you won't put a screen in the window. All right, I'm moving on. The claps are waning. People feel guilty because they don't have willpower when what you need is more wisdom on the front end, not willpower on the back end. All right. Here, this one really helps me. This is another one. I'm giving you practical stuff. That, that, that the first one being, don't position yourself. While we're not positioning ourselves, here's just an add to that. There's an acronym I heard years ago that really helped me. If you're taking notes, I want to encourage you. The worst decisions you'll make in your life are when you're in these four moods right here. Number one, when you're hungry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Has anybody just got a demon called hunger? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And somebody said, yeah. Yes. Come on now. There's nothing like they say that more fights happen in a family. This is true. When they get off work, pick kids up from school, and right before they eat. That's the most fights a family endures because everybody's blood sugar's low and they're tired. <laughs> Your family can stop fighting if everybody just eats a Snickers, a Butterfinger, just relax. Hungry, number two, you're angry. Things will come out of your mouth 
Things will be said, things can be broken, texts can be sent when you're angry. You got to watch it. I'm talking about not positioning yourselves for failure. Number three, when you're lonely. When you're lonely. Number four, when you're tired. Halt. Everybody say halt. That's when you know you got to stop. The thoughts running through your mind, I'm just tired right now. That, that, he ain't that good looking. <laughs> I'm tired. I got to be tired or lonely. He's not that fine. <laughs> halt. When you are feeling the urge to do something that you know God has asked you not to do, you will be more susceptible to do those things when you are hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. Does that help you a little bit today? Here's another one. Here's another one. Know the word. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, the Bible says that when the enemy came and tempted him, the Bible lets us know that Jesus said to him, it is written. How he responded to the email, how Jesus our Lord gave us the example how to fight temptation. Jesus was in the mountain for 40 days and didn't eat. He was hungry. He would have been lonely. He would have been tired. He was very susceptible to all these temptations the enemy was presenting to him. And the Bible says, he looks back and says, it is written. He counters temptation by speaking the word of God. Psalms chapter 119 verse 9 says, how can a young person stay pure? By obeying your word. I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. In verse 11, one of my all-time favorite verses in the Bible. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. I didn't just hear the word on Sunday. I didn't just see it on an Instagram post on Tuesday. I have internalized the word of God that it can come out of my mouth sharper than any two-edged sword and cut that email out of my mind and that temptation has to move back because there is nothing more powerful than the word of God. Here's the, one of the few last ones here is ask God for help. Hebrews chapter four, verse 15 says, Jesus understands our weaknesses for he faced all of the same testings we do. Yet, he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. When you need help, it's okay to ask God for help. I know that's so simple, but I've struggled with that at times. Like I would think that if I'm a really good Christian, I wouldn't need to ask for help. Isn't that ridiculous? The Bible says he's our helper, our comforter, our leader, our teacher. It's okay to ask the Holy Spirit, can you help me? This is a little bigger than I can handle. This is, this is a bit overwhelming. This is a lot. I, I, it's too much. Can you help me? Now, I really want to say this. 
There are people in this room, and I want you to listen. You've heard sermons like this. You know the truth of what I've just taught. You've tried and you have failed. You've gone up and you go down and, and you do good periods of really good times and then you kind of like relapse and you get back with that old crowd and you're watching that again and you're talking like that again and you're just up and you're down. I, I really feel like I'm, I'm talking to a lot of you today that you go through great seasons where you feel confident in God but over time, you begin to lose something, and you lose focus, and you stumble, and you fall, and the enemy makes you feel like you're far away from God. The enemy makes it seem like the better you are, the higher you climb, and one mess up takes you right to the bottom. That's how he makes you feel, doesn't it? Like, I was so good. I was so clean. I was so faithful, but then I messed up. Let me help you today. The cross is not about how high we can climb. The cross is a symbol of how low God can go. He came to earth for imperfect, hurting, searching people that struggle. You, you're a human being. You have up days and you have down days. And so as my final reminder for you today is this, God forgives. God forgives. I've learned that the enemy, Satan, wants to tempt you with sin. He wants to trap you in sin. And then he wants to taunt you with that sin. Did you see that? He wants to tempt you with that sin. He wants to trap you in that sin. And he wants to taunt you with that sin. I'm talking slow for a reason. He's trying to make your life a living hell. There is no hell like an interior hell, by the way. Living with the complication of your inconsistencies is a hell that no, many people take their lives over, by the way. It's a hell hard to live with. It's a hell hard to love with that taunting and that being stuck and being broken. But hear me today. God forgives that's a reality you can hold on to. When the devil wants to trap you, when the devil wants to tempt you, when the devil wants to taunt you, remind yourself of what Psalms 103:12 says, he has removed our sins as far from us as east is from the west. Did you know the earth? It's around 12,435 miles from the North Pole to the South Pole, that if you travel north long enough, once you get to the North Pole, you eventually start traveling south. Did you ever think about that? And once you get back to the South Pole, you actually begin to travel north, but not like that with east and west. When you go east, you're always going east. When you go west, you will forever go west. That's why the scripture says, he removes our sins as far as from the east and the west because they never meet back up again. There's never a point where you go so east, you start going west. Aren't you thankful that God, the Bible says, is merciful to our unrighteousness and our iniquities. He remembers no more who the Son has set free. 
is free indeed, undoubtedly free. And the enemy makes you think you're bound and you're broken. I want you to know something today. There's freedom in Jesus. We all have up moments, we all have down moments. Some of us feel bound and chained and struggle and up and down and mind games and your inbox is flooded with I'm no good and I'm a failure and I wish I was better than this. If I was a real Christian, if I was this. I just want to, I'm trying to send you a new email today to help you rethink some things today. And I want to encourage you to open that email and let the Word of God saturate your spirit. You don't have to live under the burden of temptation and sin and brokenness. It doesn't got to be your story. I was praying this morning in, uh, in our house and and I just was praying for people who feel like they just are stuck in a rut. You, you, you get up and you get back down. You get up and you fall back down. You try, but you fall back down. You, you think you beat it once and for all, and it, fall, it just comes back in your life. And it could be different for a lot of people. But I want you to know today, Jesus can set you free. And by any means necessary, whatever we got to do, we got to do it. Can I pray with you today? Eyes closed all over the room. If you don't know Jesus in your life, you may be thinking, I am bound. Listen to me. You will never get free from sin. You can never be free from the penalty of sin until you say yes to Jesus today. I want to ask you in this room right now with no one looking around, if you don't know Jesus and you've gotten away from him or you need to rededicate your life or for the very first time, say yes to him. He gave his life for you so that you can live for him. And if that's you in the room, I want you to raise your hand nice and high. I just want to pray with you. And just say, thank you for that hand. Thank you for those hands. Thank you for those hands. Three or four hands today, church. Isn't that awesome? People saying yes to Jesus today. Three, four, five, six hands this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Seven hands today. That's great news. With eyes closed, no one looking around, repeat after me, dear Jesus, forgive me of my sins. I want freedom in my life. Wash me clean. Forgive me of my transgressions. Make me new. And the rest of my life will be the best of my life. I believe it in Jesus' name. If you believe it today, someone put your hands together, give God a praise. Can you stand with us? Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Who the sun sets free, free indeed. It doesn't got to be your story. It may have been your dad's story. Don't got to be your story. May have been your may have been your mama's story, but God's picking up the pen in your life, and if you'll let Him write a story, 
It'll blow your mind. Blow your mind. If you will, if you want to stretch your hands out, if any part of this message ministered to you, maybe you want to raise a hand, stretch your hands out. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. I pray for the courage to set up good environments, and I pray for the courage to delete the emails, the, the incoming temptations that come from the outside. I pray in the name of Jesus that every person in this room will be strengthened in their spirit so that they will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, but that will walk in the spirit, being spiritually minded, which is life and peace. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. and everybody said, Amen. Come on, somebody. Give God a big praise today.